This is Truth and Focus, your radio program for worldview talk and issues that matter, with Josh Cumston and Gordon Teeson, broadcasting from the studio at Nebraska Christian Schools. Welcome to Truth and Focus. I'm Gordon Teeson, along with my co-host Josh Cumston. Today in the Nebraska Christian Studios, we have our guest pastor, which is Pastor Nathan Gushert. Welcome to the program today, Nathan. Thank you. Nathan is the senior pastor at the Evangelical Free Church in Arapahoe, Nebraska. Nathan, tell us a little bit about the ministry that you're involved with and kind of the area. Some of our listeners might not be familiar with. You're almost touching on western Nebraska. Yeah, we're 38 miles south of Lexington and 40 miles east of uh, McCook. Small town, a little over 1,000 people. And just, you know, I mean, at this point, we got a small church, but yet I believe the Lord is, is building the church there that he wants and hopefully a church that would be pleasing and honoring to him in that mm-hmm. part of the state. Good. A lot of times I like to ask our guests to share briefly how they came to know the Lord. If you don't mind, before we jump into today's message that you gave to our students, I thought it'd be maybe a good thing for our listeners to get acquainted with you better just knowing kind of what your faith story is. Yeah, I was five. My dad was a pastor. Basically, the Lord used him as the means to give me the gospel. And so I believe that's when I trusted in Christ for the forgiveness of my sins and to know God. And not that I had it all figured out at that age, but uh, Mm -hmm. that's when I think the Lord raised me to life through his spirit and made me a new creature. So, and then I grew up in a Christian home and went to Bible college and in Mm -hmm. Omaha Grace University and then was a pastor in Oklahoma for a few years, and then went to seminary at Trinity in Illinois, so free church seminary. With that, let's join Nathan with today's message. There he stood, standing in right field, wearing a uniform which was a size too big, a belt, a pair of cleats, a ball cap, and a Rawlings baseball glove. When he wasn't holding down the bench, Right field is where you would find him. Since a ball hit to right field in T-ball happens about as often as February has 29 days, like most T-ball players, this kid would spend most of his time standing, sitting, rolling around on the ground, playing with the grass, throwing his cap up into the air, and being told by his coaches, pay attention to the ball. So there he stood in right field. Some kids standing by the right field fence begin to play tag. And as these kids are running around and they're making noise and they're having fun, well, this kid standing in right field, he began to watch him. Instead of paying attention to the ball, he was paying attention to those kids. Now, while this kid was distracted, a kid from the other team stepped to the plate. The ball was set on the tee and the kid at the plate, he dug his cleats into the dirt pulled his arms back, and with all his might, he swung that 10-ounce Easton baseball bat. Whack! Man, he hit that ball. And like a missile locked on a target, that ball shot across the sky. It came down right where that kid was standing in right field. Whack! Right on the head. When it comes to baseball, as to playing in a baseball game, one thing is necessary. And that one thing that is necessary is not watching kids play tag. It's not being able to get sunflower seeds out of their shell using your teeth and not your hands. 
It's not reading the Bazooka Joe cartoons that your gum was wrapped in. It's not thinking about the hot dog and snow cone that you're going to have after the game. It's not knowing the count, the inning, or the score. It's not making your coach, your players, or your fans proud. When it comes to playing in a baseball game, the one thing that is necessary is this. Pay attention to the ball. If you get distracted from the one thing that is necessary, the results will not be good. Now, you may not get hit in the head, but you may miss an opportunity to catch the ball. The ball may go past you and allow the other team to score. Or your coaches could yell at you. Who likes that? Hey, pay attention to the ball. Getting distracted from the one thing that is necessary is not good. Whether it be playing in a baseball game with one's relationship with God. If you're here today and God, the living and true God, is your God, God the Father through the Holy Spirit has given you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. He has caused you to be born again, to be made alive spiritually, and you have turned to God from sin, trusting in the crucified and risen Lord Jesus Christ, then brother or sister in Christ, let me ask you this question. Are you like that kid standing in right field? Are you distracted, not from the one thing that is necessary with regard to playing in a baseball game, but from the one thing that is necessary with regard to our relationship with God? Are you distracted? If you'll turn to Luke chapter 10, our passage this morning is verses 38 through 42. Luke 10, 38 through 42. Hear the word of the living and true God. As they went on their way, he, Jesus, entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word, or who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she came up to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Jesus answered her. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed or one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good or better part, which will not be taken away from her. As Jesus and presumably his disciples, the twelve, were traveling along, Jesus entered a village. As we know from John chapter 11, that village was Bethany. Now after Jesus and presumably whoever was with him, Entered Bethany, a woman named Martha welcomed Jesus into her home. And since verse 40 tells us that Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made, or with much serving, Martha probably welcomed into her home not only the Lord, but also whoever had been traveling along with him, again, probably disciples. There is disagreement about that. It really doesn't matter to the interpretation of the passage, but I see it as Jesus and his disciples. Now, verse 38 This is the first time that this woman named Martha appears in the New Testament. And as we can deduce from today's passage, when the events of today's passage took place, Martha and her sister Mary were already followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Martha welcomes Jesus and will say the disciples into her house, Come in! Have something to eat! Martha wanted to serve the Lord. And on the basis of verse 40, she wanted to serve the Lord with a meal that required a lot of preparations, much serving, or a lot of work. Let's see, uh, 
I'll have 20 loaves of flatbread. I want to make sure that I got enough. I need at least four bowls of bread dip, two pots of lentil stew, pot of beans, four cucumbers, two gallons of goat's milk, a gallon of tea, a bowl of grapes, a bowl of figs, and a goat. That's what I'm going to make for this meal. That's what I'm going to do. That's how I am going to serve the Lord. Now, this afternoon, after school, if 13 people will say, family members of yours, ran into you and you welcomed them into your house and you said, hey, I'm going to prepare a meal for you that requires a lot of work. So we're not talking about making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and opening a few bags of chips, okay? We're talking about something like you're going to cook them a turkey and a ham, you're going to bake bread, you're going to make veggie trays, you're going to make mashed potatoes, stuffing, gravy, and several pies, apple, blackberry, cherry, and pecan. If you were to do that, even if you were Martha Stewart and had her kitchen, you would probably want someone to help you. You would want help. And Martha, she wants to prepare this big meal for Jesus, and she was wanting help from Mary. And presumably, she assumed that her sister would help her, help her get this meal prepared. Now, as it appears, and I say as it appears because the Holy Spirit doesn't give us all the details in these short few verses that we have, but as it appears, Jesus and the disciples, after they came into Martha's house, Jesus began to teach. And as it also appears, when Jesus began to teach, Martha went into the kitchen, which was probably on a different floor. So she goes to the kitchen. Ah, let's see. I, 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 get, I need to get the fire started. I need to start working on the bread. And when Mary gets here, well, I'll have her milk some of the nannies, and then I'll have her slaughter and, and, and prepare that older nanny. That, that's what I'll do. That's what Mary's going to do. So Martha starts to make this meal. And no Mary. That's strange. What is she doing? What? What is she doing? She's sitting at the feet of, of the Lord, listening to his teaching. Am I supposed to do all this myself? I don't know. You ever been in a situation where you want someone to help you do something, and for whatever reason, you had to do it yourself? My wife was in a situation like that not too long ago. She goes to Carney to shop, goes to Walmart. And when she gets home from this particular shopping trip to Carney, she had no one to help her, or actually, I should say this, no one helped her unload the stuff that she bought. Now, you got to understand, I got seven people in my family, my wife and I, and we got five kids. And then you add three animals, a dog, and two cats. When my wife goes to town once a month to Carney to get stuff, that van of ours is loaded. So she gets home. It's been a long day. She's tired. She's been shopping all day. A few weeks ago, it's cold, and there is a ton of stuff to be unloaded from the van. And she's wanting somebody to help her, and no one helped her. In a situation like that, a person can struggle with being angry, frustrated, and thinking, you know what, man, I'm doing all the work and nobody cares about me. See, Martha, she's, she's preparing this large meal for the Lord. And while she's working at this mill, Mary, who according to what Martha wanted, should be helping her, is sitting at the Lord's feet listening to his word. She's not helping. And so again, we're reading between the lines here, but as it appears, Martha's struggling with being angry, frustrated, and possibly thinking, I'm doing all the work 
and nobody cares about me. Now at some point, in an attempt to get what she wanted, Mary to help her, Martha goes to Jesus, and as it appears in the hearing of Mary and the disciples, she just flat out says, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care? My sister here, she's left me to do all the work, all the serving alone. Don't you care? In her book, Idle Lies, Dee Breston notes that what Martha's doing there is trying to manipulate the Lord, because Dee said she was a manipulator. So it's kind of like this. Hey, I want the Lord to tell Mary to help me, so I'm going to use this line. Lord, don't you care? Nobody else does, Lord, but don't you. I know you do, so tell her to help me. As we can deduce from today's passage, Martha wanted to serve the Lord, but she wanted to serve the Lord the way she wanted to serve the Lord, with much serving, with a large meal, with a meal that required a lot of work. And the way that Martha wanted to serve the Lord was, as it's been noted, rooted in idolatry, ultimately making herself God and not the Lord. And it also distracted her from sitting at the Lord's feet, listening to His Word. With much serving, Martha was distracted from sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to His Word. For those of us here today who know the Lord, when we serve the Lord the way we want to serve the Lord and not the way He wants us to serve Him. Our service is not only rooted in idolatry, we make ourselves God and not the Lord. Say, hey, I'm my own God, I'll do as I please, Lord, I'll serve you the way I want to, not the way you want me to. But it also distracts us from sitting at the Lord's feet listening to His Word. Let me give you two examples. The Lord gifts a Christian to help lead, like up here we had several kids that helped lead the worship this morning. And the Lord says, you know what, I want you, I'm going to gift you, and I'm going to call you to do this. You're going to serve me in this capacity. And that Christian says, you know, Lord, that's good, I I want to do that, but you know what, Lord, I want to do even more. I'm going to start writing praise and worship music. Now, Lord didn't call me to do that, but I'm going to do that because that's how I want to serve the Lord. And so that Christian spends hours and hours every week trying to write worship songs and gets distracted from sitting at the Lord's feet listening to his word. Lord, I just don't have time. You gotta understand, I gotta get this song written. I don't have time to be sitting at your feet listening to your word. Let me give you another example. Lord gifts and calls a Christian to play sports for his glory. He says, I, I want you to play basketball, volleyball, track, baseball, whatever. I want you to play that sport. I've given you the ability to do it. I want you to do it for my glory. And as part of that, I want you to spend X amount of hours every week involved in that sport, whether it be practice or additional, you know, drills, shooting, whatnot. But that Christian says, you know, Lord, that's good, but I want to add, I want to do something even more. I want to spend more and more time involved in that sport. And so pretty soon there's no time left to be sitting at the feet of Jesus as we're, Lord, I just don't have time for that because I got to go out and I got to run. I got to lift. I got to wrestle. I got to shoot hoops, God. I don't have time. Sit at your feet, listen to your word. So here's a Christian who's leading praise and worship. Here's a Christian that's playing sports. Here's a Christian that's a pastor. Here's a Christian that's whatever. And they are serving the Lord, but they're not sitting at his feet listening to his word. A thought that came to my mind, it's like a basketball player shows up and says, I want to play in the games, plays in all the games, but never goes to practice, never listens to the coach, and never plays basketball at any time other than at the games. Ministry's occurring, but it's not what it could or should be because one is cut off from sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to his word. And you know the idols that distract Christians from sitting at 
the feet of the Lord and listening to his word are not usually connected to serving the Lord. And one such idol is entertainment. Now before I give some examples, I want to clarify that entertainment in and of itself is not necessarily wrong or an idol. But it can be both, and in many cases, and for many people it is. So the following examples I'm going to give are not necessarily wrong or an idol. But I'm going to show you how they can become those things. So maybe it's watching television or movies, reading books or magazines, playing video games, listening to music, surfing the internet, Facebooking, tweeting, or YouTubing. Maybe it's one of those things, something else, a combination of those things, whatever. What you are loving first and best is that entertainment. And when you love that entertainment first and best, you're going to spend a lot of time every day engaged in that entertainment, whatever it is. And so by the time you do everything that you got to do in a day, man, I got to go to school, I got to do my homework, I got practice, I got chores, I got a job. By the time you do all that, and then you spend all the time that you want to spend in the entertainment that you're involved in, guess what? You have no time or little time left to sit at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ and listen to his word. It's just, you know, Lord, I, I just don't have time. I mean, I got school. You should have seen all the homework my teachers gave me today. I cannot believe what they think I can do. Where am I going to get all this done? And then, you know, I've got to spend several hours on Facebook. Or playing basketball, or whatever else it is, watching television. There's just these shows I gotta watch every night. I just, Lord, I just, I just don't know how to get you in here. I just don't have any time to set your feet and listen to your word. Entertainment, when it is loved first and best, that's the key. When it is loved first and best, is an idol that distracts Christians from sitting at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. Another idol that distracts them is busyness. Whether it's ministry, entertainment, hobbies, time with family, clubs, border council positions, community service, time with friends, sports, a combination of those things, which none of those things are wrong in and of themselves, but we get ourselves so involved in so many things that we walk around and we say, you know what, I'm just too busy. Has anybody here ever said that? Maybe even today. I'm too busy. And so, Lord, I I don't have time to sit at your feet and listen to your word because I'm just too busy. Brother or sister, if that's the case, then we are too busy. Now, with a meal that required a lot of work, much serving, Martha was distracted from sitting at the Lord's feet listening to his word. But whereas Martha was distracted, Mary was not. Seated at the Lord's feet, the place of a disciple learning from his or her master, Mary was listening to the Lord's word. Now, now notice here, we go back to Martha. She comes up to the Lord. She tries to manipulate him. She throws out that don't you care line to try to get him to do what she wants to do. And that's get Mary into the kitchen. And how does the Lord respond? Martha, Martha, you are anxious or worried and troubled or bothered about many things. Many things. But only one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good or better part. So Martha's anxious. She's worried. She's troubled. She's bothered about many things. How am I going to get all this food prepared by myself? What if it doesn't taste as good as I want it to taste? I mean, you're serving the Lord. You want it to be good. You know, what if I burn the bread? Maybe I use too much salt. These grapes are too small. Oh, no. What if there's hair in the goat's milk? Martha was worried about all these little things. 
Jesus says, no, 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 one thing is necessary. And in the context of today's passage, what is that? It's what Mary was doing. It's sitting at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. And so like Mary, fellow Christian, we're to be seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. And, and as revealed in today's passage, we're to do that because that is the one thing that is necessary. And it is also the good or better part. So what is the one thing that is necessary to a Christian's walk with God? It is to set at the Lord's feet and listen to His Word. There is no explanation given in today's passage for why that's the one thing that's necessary, but I would suggest that it is the one thing that is necessary because it is the primary means by which we commune with the Lord. You want to speak with the Lord? You want the Lord to speak with you? It comes through the Word. Setting at his feet, letting him speak to you. It is also the primary means by which we grow up to salvation. That we grow spiritually, that we become more like Jesus. Like little babies, we're supposed to long for the pure milk of the word, that by it we will grow. And it also is the primary means by which we persevere in the faith. We continue to be Christians. We don't do like the writer of Hebrews said and begin to drift away because we're not paying attention to this word that has come through this one who is God in flesh. I think that's why it's the one thing that's necessary. Now for Christians, there's a lot of good things, a lot of important things that we have, but only one thing that's necessary. You know, that's, that's really simple. One thing. Not a list of 500 things, 30 things. Memorize all these points. It's one thing. Set at the feet of Jesus, listen to his word. Not too long ago, rightfully so, my wife got on me as the leader of the household for basically for the fact that some of my kids were involved in sports and none of my kids were spending time sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to his word. You know, I, I, I want to say that when sports is not an idol, it's a good thing. But for me to have my kids in sports and for them not to be in the word, sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to his word was not a good thing. In essence, I'm giving my kids another potentially good thing or potentially an idol while failing to give them the one thing that is necessary. Though it doesn't happen every day, by God's grace, I have been having my four older kids sit at the Lord's feet and listen to his word. Now, my youngest is only five. She can't read yet. So, but the older ones are ages seven to 12. And I start, what I do is I get these little keys for kids' devotions. I don't know if you've ever heard of those or not. But I get one of these keys for kids' devotions pretty good little devotion book and I look at the passage 1 Samuel 16 6 to 13 and then I write down some simple questions from the text what does the spirit say about David in this verse or whatever the question is and then they read the devotion they answer simple questions Bible study from the text and then the last question is with these verses what is God saying to me whether you are 7 12 15 18 36, 54, whatever. If you're a Christian, you profess to be a follower of Jesus Christ, the one thing that is necessary is sitting at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. Lord, I am your disciple. Speak to me. Teach me. And help me through the power of your Holy Spirit to live out what you teach me. Because I cannot do it apart from your strength. You know, I, I don't know what you guys have for devotions, what you do, if you do or whatnot. There's the Daily Bread. One that I'd recommend is Morning and Evening by Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Man, I, I would highly recommend this one. Gives you like a verse, maybe two comments on it. 
The other thing is, and the key thing is, is to be reading the Bible. And so you're in the Word. You say, man, I don't understand this. Well, you guys go to a Christian school, ask some of your professors. Ask your parents. Ask your pastor. Say, I want to understand. I want to read. Lord, speak to me through your Word. Setting at the feet of Jesus, listening to His Word, is not only the one thing that's necessary. It is the good or better part. See, here we have two sisters who made two different choices. Mary chose to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to his word, but Martha chose to serve the Lord the way she wanted to serve the Lord, which distracted her from sitting at his feet, listening to his word. Who chose or made the better choice? Mary did. She chose what was good or better. Setting at the Lord's feet, listening to his word, is better than serving the Lord the way we want to and being distracted from sitting at his feet, listening to his word. How does this passage of Scripture apply to us here today? Though I made this story up, do you remember the kid that was standing in right field? That little t-baller? If that field were the kingdom of God, would you be a player on that field or would you be outside the fence? The Bible is clear that every person is born outside God's kingdom. Every person is born a sinner. Every person is born in rebellion against God, the creator and sustainer and ruler of the universe. And our rebellion, our sin, results in death. One, we we don't have a relationship with God. Two, it leads to physical death. And three, it leads to what ultimately to what the Bible calls hell, the lake of fire, eternally suffering, separated from God, never having God as your God and never being satisfied in your soul. You will thirst for satisfaction forever and ever as you burn. But there's good news. God sent his son, who is both God and man, fully God, fully man, lived a sinless life, died in the place of sinners and rose from the dead, and now has been exalted to the right hand of God and is king and Lord over all. And one day, everyone in this room will bow the knee, confess with the tongue that Jesus Christ is Lord. And the good news is that all those who turn to that God, the living and true God, from sin, turning to God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting in Him and what He did, His sinless life, His atoning death, will be forgiven for their sins, will be made right with God, and will have God as their God. And when you have God as your God, you then get to be on the field. You're part of God's kingdom part of his family. If you're here today and you've never trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, you've heard it before, I'm sure. But today is a day of salvation. Do not put it off. Come to Christ today. And for those of us here today who are on that baseball field, we're part of God's kingdom, then when it comes to our relationship with God, again, I go back to my initial question. Are we like that kid standing in right field? Are we distracted from the one thing that is necessary in our relationship with God? We distracted from sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his word. You know, likely you're not going to get hit on the head with a baseball. But if you are distracted, you're going to lose communion with the Lord. You know, I just don't feel as close to God as I used to feel. Well, he didn't leave. He didn't move. Second thing that may happen is you won't be growing up to salvation. I just uh, haven't been growing in my walk with God. Again, you got to long for that pure milk of the word like a little baby to grow you got to be in the Word. And finally, you may drift away from the faith. People might not like to hear it, but read Hebrews chapter 2. 
You start saying, you know what, I'm not going to sit at the feet of Jesus. I'm not going to sit at the feet of Jesus. I'm not going to sit at the feet of Jesus pretty soon. I don't even want to sit at the feet of Jesus. You do that for a while, then pretty soon I don't even care about Jesus. It is necessary for us to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to his word. We need to pay attention to that. And so my challenge to those of us who know the Lord is to pay attention, to be seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. And if you are, then by the grace of God, continue to do so. Delight yourself in the Lord and in his word. Enjoy that fellowship with him and say, Lord, I'm your disciple. Teach me, continue to teach me and cause me by the power of your spirit to be more like you. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Nathan Goshert, pastor of the Evangelical Free Church in Arapahoe, Nebraska. You've been listening to Truth and Focus. For my co-host, Josh Cumston, this is Gordon Thiessen. Thanks for joining us as we encourage, engage, and equip Christians in today's culture war while bringing the truth in focus.